ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Ladies, oh, there's no ladies. Let's let's go, baby. Cashing points is back. I'm getting hyped up, man. I've been hyped all day. I've been hyped all week for the show. I'm especially hyped now that our guy behind the glass, Ben Kukanis, came up with the uh, the sickest wipe in all of fantasy football. Shout out to Ben for that. But but guys, we're back. Week one's here. I'm here with my guy Scott Barrett, one half of the two bars. I'm here with my guy Johnny P, Mr. John Proctor, one of the best DFS players and analysts in the game. And we are here to walk through the week one slate. The, the long-lasting national nightmare is over. Football is back. Uh, Cam Akers is apparently dust. Gabe Davis already has been fitted for his Hall of Fame bust and his gold jacket. I'm one, I'm fully prepared to have uh, his uh, – Hall of Fame induction speech ready to go. But, guys, let's do it. Week one, Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Football's back. DFS is back. The show is back. I already have takes to victory lap, like Cam <laughs> Akers being dust. This is just yeah. a great time to be alive, great time to be a Fantasy Point subscriber. Johnny, looking handsome as always. How are you? Oh, you're on mute. Screwing up already. Look oh, at this. man. Good season form. Good season form, I baby. Had, had my mic muted, my actual mic muted. It's a new mic. Still getting used to it. Yeah, man. I'm uh, stoked uh, to see what everyone else is wrong about <laughs> come Sunday. Um, with uh, this rate, uh, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. I think that's going to be a theme of this week, man. Theme of every week one, honestly. Um, well, let's get to it. Let's get started. Saints-Falcons, first game we're going to talk about here. Saints are five and a half points. Favorites, uh, over-unders 42 and a half. Really, the only injury note I have in this game is Drake London. Uh, he seems legitimately questionable with this knee injury, and if he does play, he's going to be pretty limited, it sounds like. Arthur Smith was saying something earlier today about how they're going to see how he feels tonight and tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, man. We'll get started here with the Saints side. Uh, Scott, I know Alvin Kamara is one guy that you're, you've been – uh, all in on for fantasy this year. Same with me. Uh, how are we treating Alvin Kamara and, and how are we treating the Saints offense? Because, I mean, in general, this is like the nut spot uh, for, for this attack here. Uh, how yeah, do you I think the Saints here? Yeah, I think if you're a sort of Neil Raglan DFS player who really try and sticks to our top plays and our best like under the radar plays, and you get weird with a quarterback plus a stack, <clears throat> I think Jameis Winston plus – Kamara makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jameis Winston, super small sample, but uh, the most efficient quarterback for fantasy on a dropback uh, basis, uh, most efficient on an EPA per dropback basis or second most. Uh, and this is like the nuts matchup. Uh, Atlanta has been a bottom three defense against quarterbacks for three straight seasons. Uh, the, the concern a little bit is, is, you know, the, the pass volume was never there for, for Janus Winston last year. And you saw with Alvin Kamara, like his touches skyrocketed, his snaps skyrocketed. He lost out on some target volume, but like really made up for that with uh, rushing attempts. I mean, this is by far and away the most efficient running back, maybe in NFL history from a fantasy perspective. Uh, so I think he, he's a legitimately great play. He's not maybe one of my top five favorite running back plays. Um, but he's, he's certainly in play. And then uh, Michael Thomas is questionable as well. And then on the other side of the ball, I'm kind of hoping Drake London plays. I just like don't want to play anyone in the Falcons, but 
I mean, there's, there's a chance he misses. This offense looks like it did last year. And then Corderell Patterson had that one 20-point game against them. And Kyle Pitts would be the other one getting force-fed the ball. But, um, yeah, no one really excites me too much except outside of Kamara. Yeah, I think this is just going to be – it's going to be a slow game. I don't think either of these teams really want to rely on the quarterback if they can help it. Um, so it just, you know, from a stacking perspective, it just doesn't really get you excited. I think there's, you know, there's some individual pieces, um, wide receiver on the saints. We really don't have a clue what's going on. Um, I think Taysom Hill, where he is a tight end is a guy that I would want to have a little bit of exposure to because we don't really know. Um, you know, they, they've, you've got some people, some insiders saying that Taysom will still get those goal line you know, touches and whatnot. You have some insiders saying he's strictly a tight end. I don't think anyone really knows for sure. I don't think. Yeah, but he's not, he's not the starting tight end. He's probably not even the tight end too, right? It doesn't even matter if he's, if he has the opportunity to get goal line carries at, you know, the cost that he's going to be on various sites, um, you know, you get a rushing touchdown and two catches at a tight end. Who's like, you know, near minimum price. And he's like a top tight end of the slate. I mean, you know they're going to take shot plays to taste them too. Like he's he's going to run five routes and get three targets. You know, uh, Scott, I got to bring you to task, man. This is you you've been waiting all week or all sorry all summer to play Kyle Pitts. I'm I'm surprised you kind of like glossed over him. He's I know you said Fanduel hurts your heart. But oh right, he's right. Fanduel. on Fanduel, man. Like, he's a great Fanduel play. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm so, really making a point to just like I used to spend like 60% of my research time on drafting is 40% of it. And I'm, it's going to be 90, 10. And I'm, I, I've never felt better about it. No, I totally get it. Yeah, I totally get it. But I just want to say that, I mean, Pets is 6k on FanDuel. He's going to be the chalk there. Um, but yeah, Johnny, I'm with you, man. I think this game ends up being slower in general. Saints were really run heavy with, uh, with Jameis last year. They had a 50% run rate in uh, neutral situations with Winston healthy I think we'll see them throw it a little bit more just over the course of the season, but you know, they're nearly six point favorites here. Uh, this game could definitely end up being a total piece of crap. And honestly, there's just a lot better game, a lot better games in general on this slate. Um, oh, and one thing I wanted to say about Kamara before we move up, like why he's not one of my you know favorite running backs in that range is, I mean, it was the preseason, so maybe it doesn't mean a lot, but uh, he did get vultured at the one yard line and Ingram was a little more heavily involved than, you know, I was anticipating he was my RB three this offseason, so don't love to see that, but uh, don't really love that with this game script and the pace and all that. So we can move on. All right, uh, let's keep it moving there, and uh, we'll move it on. <clears throat> Niners, Bears, uh, Niners are seven point uh, road favorites here. Over under is forty one and a half. I believe that's the lowest on this slate. Obviously, the big news this week was George Kittle. He hurt his groin in practice on Monday. He's not going to play here, boosting up Debo and Ayuk just a little bit. Uh, so let's get started with this Niners side because I think the, the Bears are pretty straightforward, Johnny. Um, Lance is going to be pretty popular this week, and now his stacking candidates have just gotten a little bit shorter between Debo and Ayuk. Um, where you at on, on Lance? Where you at on this, this Niners team in general? I think I'm, I'm hoping for a pedestrian week one from Lance. Um, I just – the Bears aren't really the – you know, this isn't the game that I want to play Lance. You know, I want to play Lance when, like, they're going to get dusted by somebody. Um, so I think this is the week where we let Lance – and Lance is going to be over-owned. You know, I mean, there's just 
everyone is so excited. Anyone who is like a Lance fan is so stoked to just like play him week one. Um, you know, he was drafted as what, like the quarterback seven or so. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna carry ownership. Yep. But they're what six or seven point favorites. Um, I think this is you know this is a week where I'm probably gonna use Elijah Mitchell, who everyone forgot existed the entire summer. Um, the rest of the running backs and the Niners are total dust. I mean, you know, we're to the point where people are hyping up like Jordan Mason as like the guy to own in San Francisco. So uh, I'm just going to play the guy that crushed there last year every time he was healthy uh, that nobody uh, wants to play. So <clears throat> I think some plays are a little interesting. I think Eli- uh, Elijah Mitchell is the best play, you know, they were hyping up a committee all off season. He trapped this guy super early, but Jeff Wilson's the RB too. So like, yeah. I, I kind of think TDP stinks. He's he stinks. <laughs> and so <laughs> Elijah Mitchell could be locked right back into that workload. And given the fact that the bears have far and away the lowest implied point total of the week, I really think 49ers go as run heavy as possible. But if you kind of want to just let Trey Lance come out here and sling it, this is the defense to do it. You're not going to lose to the bears. You're going to have insane field position all game. You're going to have a number of red zone drives, which means more red zone opportunities, rushing touchdowns for Trey Lance. And I really like Brandon. Ayuk. like, I, I'm, I'm, he's not a cash play, but he's a great GPP play. No Kittle hyped up all off season as the wide receiver one per sources, Debo Samuel, was fat this off season and didn't really give too much of a fucks. Um, and, you know, we've seen before when one of these guys is out, the other two really commands more volume. That was Ayuk a few years ago or, or Kittle when Debo was out. And, and, and this bears pass defense on efficiency basis was arguably worse than the league last year. So if you did want to let Lance come out and sling it, shake off the jitters, the rust, whatever, um, I think he could be quite successful. And then there's also the Matt Eberfluss um, narrative, Johnny, that we've always had, how he specifically designs in such a way to counter an opposing team's wide receiver one, which would be Debo, which could give more credence to the IU play. But I, I don't really like him as much as, as this, uh, as, as I'm selling it right now. But, but he is a good GPP play. Yeah. And I think that we had, we've talked about this in the past. Lance is like one of the few quarterbacks who you can stack with his own defense. Um, Because if they get the ball at the five, you know, the chance that he gets a goal line touchdown is just as good as, you know, Elijah Mitchell getting one. That's a great take. Um, Let's move it on here to the Bears side. Uh, I think, you know, in general, Justin Fields is, is cheap but this is like the worst spot possible. I mean, this offensive line is completely overmatched by the Niners front seven. Uh, Scott, I mean, Fields is 5,600 on DK. He's super cheap. Um, But man, I think you and I are both off fields and really off the bears in general in this spot. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'll say is uh, this, this is maybe my Exodia quarterback of the, the season. And, you know, when Lamar was my Exodia quarterback in, uh, 2019, I didn't play him week one because I hated the matchup. And then he scored 40 fantasy points and got pulled in like the third quarter. Uh, but no, I, I, it's not going to happen this week. League's third best D-line versus the league's worst O-line. Uh, no one's in play. Other sites are going to tout Komet. We're touting Komet according to our projections. I just don't see any touchdown upside. Also, the preseason usage wasn't ideal. Snap shared fell from like 88% to like 
75%. Uh, Darnell Mooney, you can make a case for, you know, they're playing from behind. You want to chuck it deep. The secondary is not, you know, it's fairly beatable, beatable deep, but uh, I'm not on that. Yeah. I will say, though, when, when Komet was in there, uh, and the Browns game was weird in the preseason where he was coming off the field, but, like, when he was in there running a route, he was getting the ball. Yeah. Yeah, he had six targets on fields, 29 dropbacks, something like that. So, I mean, yeah, yeah if you prorate that out to four quarters, it's like eight, nine targets. The volume would be there, but, Scott, I'm with you. Like, the touchdown equity is just so, so low with him. Uh, there's much better – touch uh tight end plays on the slate and i think i think fields commit will be a popular kind of lazy stack that people are going to play yeah yeah there's a lot of cheap tight ends this week on both sides really everywhere um i think commit would be like my third or fourth favorite among that group but um any other final thoughts here on this game keep them moving nope 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 all right steelers Bengals. uh Bengals are about six and a half, seven point favorites over under 44 and a half. We got word this morning. Deontay Johnson is good to go. He didn't have a practice designation in uh, on the Steelers injury report that came out about 45 minutes ago. So he is good to go here in this spot. Um, Johnny, I mean, I know you and I've talked about this a bunch with Zach Taylor, but like trying to figure out what this dude is going to do is just like pulling freaking teeth, man. I mean, like last year, you know, until they got to that like Chiefs game and Ravens game late in the season, I mean, they were one of the most run heavy teams in the league. And then they finally switched, uh, flipped the switch and went pass heavy. But in the two games that the, the Bengals played against the Steelers last year, Burrow attempted 18 and 24 passes. They absolutely ran the ball down the Steelers' throats. Um, I have no idea what Taylor is going to do. I know what he should do, and that's throw it all of his big guys. But, um, yeah, where, where are we at on the Bengals? How are you treating uh, Burrow, uh, Chase, and Higgins as a stack this week? Yeah, I mean, coach of the year candidate, Zach Taylor. Um, it's it, – I also just don't – I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Steelers to be an exciting offense to really – I mean, Bur when Burrow is really crushed, it's been when, you know, they get pushed – don't think the Steelers are going to push. The Steelers are going to try and play. They're going to hide, try and hide Mitch as long as they can because it seems like they don't want to start Pickett. But you know, eventually they're going to have to. Yeah. I don't know. It just this game. This game just. I don't really like anyone. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's a game to cross off the list too. I mean, pace is probably going to be bad. I'm with you. I don't think the Steelers are probably going to push too too hard. If anything, I think they're going to slow down. Like Big Ben, you know, he was garbage last year and just a shell of himself, but they still played fast and threw a ton. I think the Steelers, you know, you know, being a lot slower paced this year and and run a lot more. Um, yeah, there yeah. were well, there was also the rumblings that like <laughs> Canada is is actually going to be able to use his offense now, yeah. whatever, whatever that means. Well, I mean, no, that makes sense because I mean, Canada threw shade at Roethlisberger all last year, basically like saying it's still his offense. He's still making all the checks and stuff. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to take like a big jump forward this year. I've been buying Najee and, and all their pass catchers in, in fantasy, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you in the, for this game. I just, I don't really see a ton of upside. There's a lot of really slow paced games this week. And I think, I think this is one of them. Um, this is surprising to me. 
Because Graham, all offseason, you've been saying, you know, you want to be betting on the Steelers because I want to bet on him with Kenny Pickett. I want to bet on him with Kenny Pickett, not Trubisky. I, I, I think Mitchell Trubisky is in play. He's our number one value according to our projections. I'm not really going to have much expo- any exposure to him, but like he's on paper in play. Uh, George Pickens, Greg Cassell said, was far and away the best wide receiver in this class. He was hyped up to be better than AJ Green per Daniel Jeremiah. He's exceedingly cheap. We know he's immediately starting in two wide receiver sets. He's in play. Uh, Wes Huber, per his covered shell matchups, said uh, Joe Burrow must play. Jamar Chase must play against cover one, which he shreds. Pat Fryermuth. How, how do you must know play. that Pickens is going to start in two wide receiver sets? That's uh, what happened this every beat re- reported it, and you know preseason usage backs it up. I mean, Claypool was slot only. In that, uh, I think it was the second preseason game when Deontay Claypool and um, so Pickens were all healthy. So, word to the wise is that Mike Tomlin is just a straight up liar, and the stuff that he does in the preseason is never like officially true. So, I mean, it I should would, be true. Pickens is better than Claypool, yeah. sure, but I don't know if he starts in too wide week one. I'd like him to. And I, so this game has like massive shootout potential and big over under. I, I think uh, Hayden Hurst is one of the best cheap non minimum priced tight ends. If this game does hit and if it doesn't, I mean, what, what is it going to be the Joe Mixon show or an, a running back battle? Najee Harris to me looks after Christian McCaffrey, like one of the best cash values at the position. Do you disagree with that? I'm just worried about his foot, man. It's really, right. it's probably dumb, but I am. No, I, I, so I think you're right. I think injury pessimists heading into the season, like players with injuries heading into the season, tend to win far more than the injury optimists. So I think that's a valid concern. Yeah. Um, I just pulled up my note too. Uh, Johnny, maybe you're right. Tomlin is a liar, but. In that second preseason game, uh, Pickens ran more routes than Claypool, 17 to 10, and he, you know, kicked Claypool in the slot full time. Claypool was in the slot for 14 to 16 snaps. So, is that maybe the, right? Is but, that the second game though where uh, Pickens like started and then stayed on the field? Yeah, because they they wanted Pickens to play more in the preseason. So keep that in mind as like a rookie, they're just gonna like play him more. Yeah. Um, It's just a little weird that, like, last year, Marquez Calloway was insanely chalky, Kyle Pitts insanely chalky, Elijah insanely chalky, and Pickens, 4,100, no one wants to play him. I I mean, if you want to get Pickens exposure, just bet his prop. It's like 37 and a half for the over. I mean, the problem is, like, playing rookie wide receivers in week one is so risky. Justin Jefferson was at, like, 60% of the snaps his first two games. But I like a lot of them this week. I like Jahan Dotson. I like Wondell Robinson. Romeo Dubs is in play. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's just a GPP play. And, well, and uh, Wes, Wes is enamored with this game, but it can go a lot of different ways. I, you know, I, I hear you, but you know, it's got pieces that we all love for fantasy. But I mean, the Steelers have a 19 implied total. That's down there with the Falcons, with the Jets. Like I, I like not. Yeah, we had we had like a super low ADP all off season, and you were you were hammering it. No, I, I hear you, but I'm just saying for this game and for this slate, like I just I think there's better plays to be made. Um, all right, 
Yeah, but Najee, Najee definitely, like, in terms of a projection value, is a good value. What is he, like, 63, 6,400 on DK? Like, yeah, I mean, him versus Saquon's a question. Um, yeah. He's, he's not really for- playable on FanDuel, but he is on DraftKings. Yeah. This is a DraftKings show. I don't want to talk FanDuel. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll be that. I'll be the cuck who F- uh, FanDuel fired me and Johnny. What's that? You may, you may forget. It's true. Num- number fire. Now uh, FanDuel. Right. Right. Yeah. To be fair, DraftKings, meanwhile, uh, put me up in a hotel and showed me their awesome uh, office in Boston back in the day. Yep. Well, Could be working for an eighteen billion dollar company, right. but you know. To, now, to now they now I doubt they even have offices. Their their office is just an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> just just the just the CEO's mom in a basement firing off tweets from the company account. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, all right, let's keep it moving here, boys. Eagles, Lions. Uh, great game here. Eagles are uh, four-point favorites. Over-under is 48.5. That's up two points since the open. Uh, Lions, really the only injury news I have is the Lions' uh, offensive line is a little beat up here. Uh, Vitae's already out. Ragnow's questionable. Like Getting all these dudes healthy for the Lions is like impossible for them at this point. But, uh, Scott, man, it's Jalen Hurts time, right? I mean, man, they, you know. Last year we saw the Eagles, you know, this was like kind of the game where they s- completely flipped from being a pass-heavy team to an extremely run-heavy team. But I got to think this year with, with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith entering year two, Dallas Goddard constantly improving. Like, we're going to see the Eagles come out and throw it here. And that's what they did in the preseason, obviously, on just one drive. But uh, is this the spot for Jalen Hurts? Uh, and if so, uh, how are we playing this game? Yeah, Jalen Hurts is your chalk quarterback of the week. Uh, lock him in. He's a horrible play in GPP just because he's the highest owned quarterback. Also, he's a runner, so it caps your stacking upside. Um, so not really on that. Dallas Goddard is your second best on paper tight end value of the week, minus the minimum price tight ends. He's behind Travis Kelsey. Um, if you want leverage, uh, <laughs> Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, uh, I, I don't know that I'm really about that life, but that's the theoretical play. I think the Lions are a little interesting because they might have the Here. best cornerback trio in the NFL, uh, the Eagles. And so what that means is it kind of negates Amon um, Ross St. Brown, who's good. They were top five against the slot last year. And then it also negates the other shitty guys you don't want to care about. Uh, they were uh, the top tight end funnel defense last year. So TJ Hawkinson's in play and they gave up like the sixth most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. We're expecting Detroit to trail. So this is a DeAndre Swift game where I don't think uh, Jefferson's going to be too heavily involved. I'm not really about it, but um, those, those are the plays that stand out would be Hawkinson Swift somehow uh, getting there with the, the matchups pointing in that direction. Yeah. Hawkinson is the nuts. If you're stacking up this game. Uh, especially over on FanDuel. Um, I think he's going to come in dramatically lower on than Kyle Pitts. I know I know this is a no FanDuel show, Scott, but I... I yeah, gotta, where is he on Yahoo, Graham? Let's talk some Yahoo. I haven't. I have not looked at Yahoo this week. That's that's Proctor Streets, man. He's always, uh, always good in the Yahoo yeah, Streets. I will be. Haven't really checked it out yet, though. Yeah. He, he doesn't there. look until like 20 minutes before last. <laughs> <laughs> wins all the money. That's all you have to do on Yahoo, man. Yeah. Uh, 
Proctor, where are you at on the Lions and Eagles here and just all the things? Yeah, I wish – I was, like, excited about this – more excited about this game until, you know, the, the Lions O-line became an issue. The O-line was going to be, like, their strength. And Goff – I was yeah. I was like, I'm going to play Goff. I'm going to play A.J. Brown. I'm going to play Hawkinson. And then I was like, nah, I'm not going to play Goff now. But uh, I do – you know, Hurts is going to be incredibly popular – um, I do think he makes sense to, you know, you do Hertz, Swift, Hawkinson, something like that. Cause everyone, everyone's going to stack him with AJ Brown. That's going to, and, and Goddard, that's just going to be the most popular Devonta pairing. Smith. Devonta Smith is the way to get weird with Hertz. Like, I, I mean, you don't even need to stack him. You just, he just scores two rushing touchdowns and spreads the ball around ideally. Yeah. I mean, that's real for him to hit the ceiling that you need for him to win you tournaments at his ownership. He's going to have to run for at least one touchdown. So he's definitely not a guy that I'm double stacking. Um, that's for sure. Makes sense. Um, I was going to bring something up, but I just forgot it. So we'll keep it moving. Uh, let's keep it going to Pat's Dolphins here. Dolphins are three and a half point favorites. Over under is 46 and a half. That's up a few points since open. Um, Jalen Waddle's fine. I just talked to Edwin on our podcast like about an hour ago. Waddle will be good to go. Same with Chase Edmonds. He got back to a full practice on Thursday. Sounds like it was just like a super minor groin injury. He should be good to go. Um, Scott, man, you know, Tyreek was, was one of our guys. Uh, the Patriots between losing JC Jackson and just all the reshuffling they've had to do with their defense. Now their, their secondary is like legit bad. Um, I know Belichick is, is a genius and he'll scheme it up, but I mean, they don't have anybody to slow down Hill or Waddle or Tua here. So uh, where are you at on the Dolphins here? Yeah, I, I think it's a little interesting. The, the Dolphins are three and are two is three and zero oh against the Patriots in his career. Tyreek averages, you know, like 25 fantasy points per game against the Patriots in his regular season career. Uh, Johnny's going to accuse me of biting his tape, but I absolutely am enamored with Tyreek this week. I mean, I, I had him as a top six, easy fantasy wide receiver. ADP was a lot lower on him and DraftKings salary is a lot lower on him. He's like 1200 cheaper than he typically was last year. Uh, he said he left Kansas city because he wants more volume, uh, you know, that might happen this week. And they might want to show that already in week one, all this talk of two is more accurate than Mahomes. And we saw what happened in the preseason, two routes, two targets, one of which was like a 50 yard bomb. Um, I think he has the chance to go nuclear. He's one of my slate busters this week, like him, Aaron Jones, Jamar Chase, any one of those three guys can absolutely destroy the slate. So you want exposure. Again, I think the injury pessimists typically win early in the season, but Jalen Waddle could be in play, and you could go with a, a, a two sack. I think that's that's very possible. Um, Patriot side, I I have no idea, but uh, I I think I think Tyreek is severely underrated, and I think uh, Miami stacks are in play. Well, I mean, in GPPs, like large field GPPs. I mean, if you look at the guys in Tyreek's price range in terms of like scoring probabilities and distributions, like no one has a 35% game or 35 point game in his range of outcomes. With no one, no one's had it in that range. No one's had a 35 point game ever. And Tyreek averages one every six games. Yeah. So, I mean, 
you know, Chase is 7,100, but up for under 7K receivers on DK, like it's, it's, yeah, it's Tyreek. Uh, Johnny, where are you at on, on Tyreek and Waddle here? Yeah, Tyreek's the best play on the slate. Um, oh! Tua's the Hell best quarterback yeah. play on the slate. I mean, I've been just like smashing Tua all off. Hell yeah. Uh, Scott, the, the take that Scott didn't quite steal was just that uh, I think Tyreek is the biggest QB elevator like in the National Football League. He does what Deshaun Watt or Deshaun Jackson used to do. Um, you would look at splits when Deshaun Jackson played with quarterbacks and when he didn't. And so this is the time to just like go all in on Miami before everybody realizes what they're going to be. Um, I think McDaniel knows how to use these guys. Um, he wants the team to be fast. He brought Mostert over with him. I think Chase Edmonds people are going to be upset at how much Mostert plays. Um, Mostert is the fastest, still the fastest player in the NFL. So I think he is going to be an interesting guy uh, in tournaments too, because there's like one running back in the league that can rip you off, you know, 80 yard touchdowns every two weeks. And it's probably still him. So I really like these guys. Um, I'm going to have a ton of Tyreek. I'm going to have a ton of Tua. Uh, not as interested in Waddle. I, I think he's fine for the double stacks, but uh, I want Tua to run. Uh, he did run a little bit in camp and, and preseason. I think he'll probably be a little more mobile this year than last year. Um but that's, I mean, that's pretty much where I'm going. And then, like, on the Patriots side, I think, you know, Jacoby's fine. I think Parker is probably the second guy I would play there. Um, not really. He had a great camp, dude. Like, legit great camp. Yeah. He's going to be their touchdown guy. But yeah, um, the, the, the whole offense, the new offense thing is really concerning. I think there's a, ch- I think there's a chance that the Dolphins just dust them and then the Patriots give up on, on this whole new offense thing already. But, um, I, th- I think Damian Harris is fine. I think the Ramondre love went a, a little too far. And so I think Harris is probably a guy I would have some interest in at like, I mean, no one's going to play him and he's the same price as Stevenson. Everyone's going to play Stevenson. And I, I think Harris plays more uh, week one than Stevenson does. Yeah. We should note too, Ty Montgomery did get back this week and I, th- I don't think he's going to be a huge factor. Like, maybe 15 to 20% snaps, but that's like eight or nine routes that Stevenson won't be out there, especially to your point. Cause I'm with you. I think the dolphins absolutely dust the Patriots. I'm on dolphins three and a half. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be my concern with Stevenson is that Timo, they just, they get dusted and Montgomery ends up playing. Matthew Berry said they wanted to be there. Alvin Kamara though. <laughs> Stevenson. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's I an inside it. joke, Johnny, but that's, that's true. He said that. Oh, the Steven the Stevenson stuff is so crazy, man. No, I mean he's really good. I mean he was better than if you look at efficiency, yeah. like he was better than Harris. But the, but um, the problem is, is like he's going to be a bell cow next year. Yes. Patriots run these con these contract year guys like their final year of their contract. They just run them into like bone dust. And I said just- in, I said in my guys he was my favorite keeper pick. I I think he goes nuclear next year, but this year I'm with Johnny on a committee. Yep. Yeah. Jacobs and Harris, Jake, Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris, neither of them will have like bone cartilage left after this season. <laughs> <laughs> Their knees are just going to be like um, just sandpaper, yep. just grinding against each other. Yeah, they, they can just <laughs> hang out with Sony Michelle on on his couch. Oh God, hey Todd Gurley. Hey, Sony Michelle got a job, man. He's better than Isaiah Spiller. Don't uh, don't, don't throw him under. Well, that's low bar. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, 
Johnny, I did want to ask you, cause you said, you know, all in on Tua, all in on Tyreek. Are you afraid at all that like the Patriots just come out and just get completely destroyed and not really have to do too much in the second half? Like, cause if that happens, like who are you bringing it back with on the Pats Parker or, or Myers? I'm probably just playing Tua and Tyreek. I think, I think you're getting them at, at good enough ownership that I'm not really all that worried about it. I think in like really, really big fields, um, I think Parker is your best chance for like real upside. Myers just, you play him every, you would play him every week last year and he'd get you like nine DraftKings points. And you'd be like, oh, like that's solid, but like he's never winning me anything. And I feel like it'll probably be similar this year. So I I agree with Johnny that this is the optimal play. Like Tyreek is coming in at 8% projected ownership. Like no one's really on it. He's super cheap. He's going to get higher. Fuck. All right. But amazing (laughs) play. But just in case this goes the other way, I want to say like, so you don't flame my mentions. Like, yeah, it's, it's the least youngest and least experienced head coach versus the best coach of all time. There's a very legitimate chance Belichick comes out running the triple reverse wishbone and somehow beats them with the fullback having 200 passing yards, 200 rushing yards, 200 receiving yards. And Miami is clueless, has no idea what to do. Mike McDaniel has PTSD for the rest of his life. It's no, definitely possible. Mike McDaniel oh. smokes way too much pot to have PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he was stoned after the second half of uh, one of the preseason games. I was watching. Uh, oh, man. Games. His press conferences are like national treasures. <laughs> he is an interesting, interesting guy. <laughs> interesting yeah. uh, all right. Let's keep it moving here, boys. Ravens, Jets. Uh, Ravens are seven-point favorites. Over-under is 44-and-a-half. I really like the over spot. I think the Ravens come out and just destroy the Jets and garbage times with Flacco and everything. Uh, but yeah, man, um, I wanted to mention that the Jets are going to be down to their third string left tackle. Dwayne Brown got hurt this week. Um, you know, that's not great when Flacco is a statue back there and anytime he has to leave the pocket, it looks like a fucking car crash is about to happen, but uh, that's neither here nor there. We'll start with the Ravens side, Johnny. Uh, no, let me take this. Yeah. I've been so excited to talk about this game for literally six weeks. Yeah. When Zach um, Wilson went down with an injury, I was in a cold sweat and a state of panic. I was like, crap, did I get blackout drunk and accidentally make a deal with the devil to will an Elijah Moore wide receiver one season into existence? And, and it's here. I, I messaged Johnny. I messaged Darren. I messaged everyone. Week one, all in on Elijah Moore. exposure, the end. And 90% Joe Flacco, Elijah Stacks. I talked to a a buddy at PFF who's like one of the sharpest minds I know. He thinks the Jets come out and win this game. I don't know about that. Ravens were one of the most favorable matchups for wide receivers and quarterbacks last year. This year, everyone's healthy. They made some key upgrades. This is the best secondary in football. It's very risky, but 100% Elijah exposure. I'm going to have Joe Flacco exposure. Don't play Flacco. And, Just play Elijah. Yeah. For 100%, Johnny. That's that's fine. Why? But uh, I think the, the O-line is yeah, amazing. Gonna, you don't know about sources, Johnny. You don't even know about sources. Let me tell you yeah. something. Do you, can gotta, your sources tell you that the, the Ravens do not want Joe Flacco putting points up on them? It's a revenge <laughs> game. 
You really gonna... think, you think Joe Flacco is not going to win this? He's elite. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's elite. Uh, so, so let me get into sources real quick and, and then you guys can take it in a more serious direction. Uh, in our betting channel of our discord, you can go look there right now. You'll find Elijah Moore's uncle who was saying, quote unquote, take your time, Zach. I know Joe Flacco is going to pepper our boy with targets. I know, I know Joe's going to take care of Elijah. 100% lock him in. Last year, Flacco had like a 40% target share. Elijah was the wide receiver, a top five fantasy wide receiver when his quarterback was anyone not named Zach Wilson. I've been I've been waiting for this moment for six weeks, unironically. But but go ahead, guys. No, dude, that was that was great. I gave out Elijah Moore over 51 and a half or 52 and a half, something like that on our Discord. And out of nowhere, uh, his uncle comes in and just starts hyping up Elijah Moore and dunking on Zach Wilson, which is dude, he told me we're family now. <laughs> Wait, no, he was like, dude, you've been all over Elijah for for literal years. I listened to you on the podcast. Like it was it was epic. Uh, I do think this is a great spot for Elijah. I mean, regardless of their, you know, cornerbacks, um, the volume is going to be there. I mean, I think the Ravens are going to come out and just just smash. Um, they're going to have to throw all second half. I know the Jets are going to want to be balanced. They're going to want to keep Flacco, you know, under wraps, whatever. Um, volume will be there. But, uh, Johnny, where are you at on the Ravens side? Because I think I, – correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, Lamar is pretty – he's going to go, like, under on, I think, relative to his upside. Yeah, I think everybody um... – or everyone's like worried about this contract thing about like his deadline or whatever, but yeah, um, he's been saying all along, all along, it's just a deadline over negotiating because he just doesn't want to negotiate in season, which I think is perfectly reasonable. And so, yeah, no one's really gonna play him, and I think it's a it's a good week to play him because Dobbins is not is probably not gonna play, or if he does play, he'll be really limited. Yeah. Gus, he's you know. Not Dobbins might not play until like October. That's what it's looking like. Yeah, but they're doing that annoying thing where they're going to like list him questionable every week or whatever. Um, Well, I mean, Harbaugh Harbaugh has every incentive to, you know, under promise and over deliver with Dobbins, you know, like there's no reason for him to come out and be optimistic. Right. Yeah. And and I, it looks like Ronnie Stanley probably won't play. So, so I think you're going to get a, you know, Lamar is going to be running a little more. And so I think he's fun. And then I also think um, what's interesting with him. So the, like people doing double stacks, you know, they want to they'll the wide receiver too. like the, everyone thinks it's Duvernay, but I think it's Demarcus Robinson. I think he is going to be the wide receiver too. So, you know, that's a, that's your Millie maker play. If you want to, you know, pair him with Lamar, but. Otherwise, I think Lamar just paired with Elijah Moore is is a nice stack for like a single entry tournament. Yeah, Johnny, Daniel Bellinger or Isaiah Likely for tournaments or cat. I'm not playing like the ten snap tight end that everyone is like excited about. I don't, I don't understand the Likely stuff. Like I get it in you know like Dynasty and stuff, but he was going into like the 120s in best ball drafts. But um, I mean when when Andrews and Boyle are both healthy. Like likely he's not going to, he's not going to play. Yeah. Well, I guess so the I, thing I, is, is like they finally have a tight end like Hurst who they can play in 12 personnel sets that they can actually throw to. But I'm with you. I mean, that's like 15, 20 plays a game at most, you know, yeah. Especially so, the they're not going to throw that much. Like. Right. And, and like every, 
people just like refuse to accept that Tyler Huntley is like a like a tight end cheat code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what, and like Mark did Andrews the- wasn't on the field, right? But this this was a player I my model loved, and Dan Graziano said, "Don't be surprised if he's immediately the number two receiver on the team." Granted, it was like a "Don't be surprised" bold takes article, but um, yeah, uh, GPP play probably not a great one if he's getting ownership. Yeah, I'd rather play Demarcus Robinson than uh, Isaiah Likely. Who's Demarcus Robinson? They signed him like, or they claimed him off waivers, and then he played like the whole last preseason game. He went for like 130 yards and two touchdowns. He's like old, like we're talking Demarcus Robinson from like eight years ago. Demarcus Robinson. I had no idea he was still in the NFL, let alone Raiders. Yeah, he got cut by the Raiders because Matt Collins beat him out, and I guess the Ravens were like, "Fuck it, we need a two. (laughs) because they they hate Prochet. Prochet can't run. He runs yep. for 40. So, yeah. And Demarcus Robinson can block. And, you know, the yeah. Ravens want wide receivers who can block. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, this game's honestly, it's probably the most straightforward game in terms of like who to play. Um, I think Carter's a little interesting. Okay. If you want a PPR running back, because no one's going to touch him and Flacco's going to throw to the running backs. Well, he's there. I mean, he's their one based off preseason usage. You know, yep. um, the heartbeat of the offense, Salah said today. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Elijah disrespect. I hate it. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's keep it going here. Jags. The balls of the offense. <laughs> uh, Jags and the commanders. Uh, Washington. Uh, when I looked it up a couple days ago, they're three-point favorites. I think that's come down. I think they're two and a half to two now. Uh, Jags are getting seen. Good luck with that. Uh, over on is 43 and a half. Um, there was a report that came out by uh, ESPN Beat. Uh, Michael DiRocco this morning saying that James Robinson doesn't have any limitations. Doug Peterson was quoted as saying, like, he looks good. He looks like his old self. I don't know if I buy that. Um, Johnny, you're shaking your head. I'm, I'm with you. Like, you know, I think, I think if anything, this is just going to make ETN way lower owned and that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. I mean, I could see what's going to be annoying is like when Robinson steals a goal line touchdown or whatever, but that's my um, only concern, dude. It's my only concern. Yeah, I just, you know, we we do. I think Acres will like eventually get back to to form. You know, we saw Donta, we saw it with Donta Foreman, but you know, it took him two years to really get to that point. And so I'm just not, I'm not buying this. Like James Robinson is like totally cool stuff. Um, you know, I I like Etn, but I don't. I'm not like super stoked about him. I I think. I think uh, the the running back I really like in this game is is JD McKissick. Uh, what? I think the Commanders hate Antonio Gibson. Yeah, uh, dude. Yep. They dumped a bunch of money uh, to McKissick. I mean, they fought the Bills to get him back. Um, it's not like he's just not going to play. Um, no one's going to play him, dude. I, I had this. I had the same exact thought. It was so funny doing those best ball drafts the last like ten days or so. Oh. The Robinson thing because everybody just boosted Gibson back up, oh. and it's like nothing's changed. They still hate him. Yeah, like, they drafted McKissick like every draft for like the last ten days. Yeah. So, so yeah. just to play devil's advocate, but to give credence to your your first point, we were told in March the team hates him. They're looking to replace him in the draft, and then everything since then back that up, and then the uh, backup suffered the unfortunate uh, injury, but Antonio Gibson mispriced 
Over his last seven healthy games, 20.1 carries, 3.9 targets, 17.4 fantasy points per game. McKissick has only ever been a scat back. He's never been a scat back plus a la a Kamara or Eckler, Swift, never even on that level. And I think Washington beats Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville sucks this year. I think he finished dead last. Sorry to Trevor uh, accolades. Um, and so I think he's in play. I think Etienne's also in play, especially if that, that negative game script holds. Um, and so that's just, that's just my read. I think they're both going to catch ownership. I think they're both on paper values. Yeah, I think, well, so no one's going to play McKissick at all. Uh, Gibson's going to catch ownership. Um, I think if I'm playing Gibson, I'm playing him with Washington defense. Um, but I think this game has a little bit of a chance to, to shoot out. Um, I have a little more faith in, in Peterson, I think, than, than you do. I think uh, the offense is going to be – I mean, they can't be worse than last year. I mean, Urban Meyer was, like, literally the worst head coach. Be, the thing is they'll be competent, and that's what right. – They'll be competent, and they'll keep games close, and they all their games won't be pieces of shit like they were last year. Yeah. No, and I think Gibson's fine. I just – I like McKissick in, in large field tournaments as, as a guy who has a chance to have a bigger role than, than people expect. Um, so Christian Kirk here, thirty oh, yeah. target share with Trevor Lawrence in the preseason. And that's uh, what that's what Greg Cassell predicted. As soon as he got yeah. signed, he's like, "This means he's going to be their PPR cheat code this year." Yeah, I mean, and he's their only team. guy they can line up everywhere. He can play slide, he can play outside, like, and he's fifty one hundred. I mean, this is a guy who projects for eight, nine, ten targets, and he's fifty one hundred. Yeah. And who says the Washington defense is going to be good this year? Like, we thought they were going to be good last year, and they were total dust. They were trash. Bottom five in receptions and yards allowed receivers. Like, uh, I think Kirk is a phenomenal, like, one-off play just from this game in general. He's not my favorite wide receiver play from this game, though. What, you want uh, Jamal Swagnew? (laughs) Jahan Dotson. Okay. Okay. When Ron Rivera drafted him, he said, we drafted this guy because we think he can play right away, can play right away at a high level. He could play in the slot and outside. It's a little bit of a concern because Jacksonville, when they did have Shaq Griffin shadow, he was excellent. And he did shadow quite a bit, but it's a new regime, so we don't really know. By all accounts, Dotson has been Carson Wentz's favorite target this preseason. He's minimum priced. I dig it. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this for the third year in a row, Scott. Quit playing rookies. You just got, you just got to, you got to wait for them. I I will say this is like the one rookie this week I am in on because to Scott's point, they don't have a two. I mean, who else is there two? And you don't have a tight end? Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel is a, like a motion play. Like he's, he's, he's going to play more than you think. He'll play, yeah, but I mean, he's he's not going to be somebody they can throw the ball downfield to. Logan Thomas is hurt too. Like he looks, Scott, you, you I think you sent him that. Holiday, yes. Dude, he looked toast. I'm not, so, I'm not you guys play. remember when Carson Wentz played for the Indianapolis Colts? I think so. I, I tried to purge that from my memory, but <laughs> it's so. Much- <laughs> Do you remember what the twos and threes did there? Not shit. Well, that's because Dawson's the one, Johnny. That's what I'm saying. Mm. And they don't have Donovan yeah. Taylor. They, they yeah. have someone better. I will I will probably – I don't know if I'm going to play, like, any rookies in week one. I just – it's just a tradition for me. I think they always get overdrafted. Um, when I was observing, one of the kids was uh, building the DraftKings team, and he, he 
he put in George Pickens, and I was like, this kid's not even old enough to like play DraftKings, and he's going to play George <laughs> Pickens. So, you know, I'm out. And that's a true story. <laughs> you're, the, you're the sickest teacher ever. 100%. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be fielding uh, game theory questions from from your uh, from your students. I can. Johnny's supposed to be teaching trigonometry. He just turned into like a how to dominate DraftKings lobby. <laughs> Fired um, for running an illegal high school book. <laughs> uh, you should uh, incorporate all, everything you did. Uh, some poker math lessons and game theory into your, uh, in your classes too, man. Time for it. I might. I'll, yeah. tr I'll try. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Any other final thoughts here on this game? No. All right. Keep it moving. Browns, Panthers. This game is uh, pretty gross overall. Um, Panthers. Is it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. I, I didn't know if you were like all in on David Bell, another rookie or something here. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> uh panthers are uh I, I saw it at two this has been getting bounced around the public is all over the panthers but the sharps are hammering the browns i think it it was two and a half three and then i got hammered down to one and a half even with like 80 percent of the public on the panthers so that tells me there's some some big money coming in on the browns here and i think for for good reason um but for fantasy man this game is is kind of dead uh McCaffrey is the best player in fantasy when healthy. I, we definitely need to talk through McCaffrey, but Johnny, I mean, I really don't have much else from this game. I want to have some DJ Moore exposure. He's he's a guy who I want to I want to play like, before it happens. You know, like if it happens this year, which I think Baker is finally. I think Baker is is better than he gets credit like i don't think baker is as good as he was you know year one but no, I think one, no one gave enough credence to how hurt he was last year like yeah. not only was he dealing with the shoulder injury i think he he like blew up his ribs or something early in that season too like he was never healthy yeah and i think he really hurt himself you know by saying you know i'm fine this and you know i'm full yeah. participant whatever yeah. um so yeah i i uh i do think he can he can be okay i i like the uh Browns, I think like Browns defense with with Chubb a little bit because um, I think you know it. Browns defense is better than like just the Browns defense by itself is better than like the entire Panthers team. So I think that's why people are probably betting on the Browns. I think the Browns offense is going to be total garbage. Um, yeah. I like Njoku a little bit. I know that uh, Jake Brisket likes to throw the tight end, but nothing really gets me stoked. Yeah. Um, so this is a revenge game for Baker Mayfield. I think that matters to him. I think that probably matters to the team. He's now the, the leader. This preseason, he targeted running backs at the third highest rate of 75 qualifying quarterbacks. And keep in mind, he was throwing to plotters, and now he has Christian McCaffrey. So I think uh, if you're playing in a Millie maker, this is one of those games where it makes sense to sack because no one wants any exposure to it. But again, only Millie maker you do a Baker to CMC that's plus EV according to my data. And it's never utilized. Um, or you can go Baker plus CMC plus DJ Moore plus Kareem hunt on one of 150 lineups, something like that. Um, yeah. One thing I think is interesting. I saw this study this off season looking at how often backup quarterbacks cover from a Vegas perspective. And so maybe the public tends to, uh, yeah, overrate 
quarterback play where like a team like Cleveland Sands quarterback is vastly better than Carolina Sands quarterback. Um, but That's a part of what it is. Absolutely. But uh, anyway, CMC cash game lock. He's my favorite running back because he's a God and uh, highest ceiling, highest floor in fantasy, highest median projection. He's a monster. Yeah, I mean, the case for McCaffrey has been the case for McCaffrey for the last four years, and now he's 8,500 where he should be, what, 9,500? Um, yeah. At least, yeah. You can make the argument to play other guys on on FanDuel, I think, but on, on DraftKings, yeah. the price is bad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, this is down to a pick now. It's not even one and a half. We got it all the way down to a pick so there's been a lot of money coming in on the Browns. I wish I, I should have grabbed that. Um, that was a mistake, but um uh no we got one more we got one more game here in the early window colts texans uh colts are seven point favorites over under 45 and a half and i think this game has a chance to to really shoot out here i, I think the public is kind of not uh fully come on board to how much faster pace this colts team is going to be uh last year with Wentz, they were 31st in situation neutral pace they played super slow when trailing they played super slow when leading and, and one of the things Matt Ryan has always done with the Falcons is play fast. Um, his, his team's last three years have been top 15 in pace situation, neutral pace, three straight years. Um, I don't think they're going to turn into, you know, the Cowboys or Chargers or anything like that, but I do think there's some credence to being uh, a lot faster and that's going to be a lot more volume for their passing game. Uh, my only concern for this game is Davis Mills looked like absolute trash in the preseason. Granted, he didn't have Brandon Cook's, um, for any of those games, but uh, we need the Texans to, to keep the foot on, uh, keep the Colts foot on the gas here. Uh, but Scott, I mean, JT seven point favorites against the Texans. Like, uh, you know, I know McCaffrey's the best player on the slate, but I mean, JT's right up there with them too. And I think on FanDuel, you can make an argument that JT JT's probably the better tournament play because he's the by far the most expensive option. And I think people are probably going to be playing, you know, Henry and McCaffrey at slightly lower prices. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, what did he have like 150 to 170 rushing yards plus two touchdowns in each of his two games against Houston last year. I do think the offense went more run heavy because of Wentz's ineptitude and his inability to target running backs, but that's been a focal point of the offense this season. I just referenced Baker Mayfield stats when targeting running backs, Matt Ryan led all of 75 qualifying quarterbacks and running back target rate this preseason. Uh, the head coach, Frank Wright, came out and said, if I was in a fantasy draft, I would take Naheem Hines. He like literally said that. He said he wants a top three at the position and catches this year. So I don't know if, if Matt Ryan – I think Matt Ryan boosts Jonathan Taylor's receiving expectation, but I also think Naheem Hines is you know going to be a lot more in play most weeks, maybe not this week with so much positive expected game script. Right. Um, but I mean, the elephant in the room is, is Michael Pittman, who is arguably the most mispriced wide receiver of the week. I think he's like wide receiver 24 by salary. That's insulting. We had him wide receiver eight in our season projections. Uh, I was talking to JM before the show, JM to win. And he had a great take. I don't think it's a great week one take, but he said, Alec Pierce is going to be the nuts. One of these weeks, one of these weeks, Pittman, Taylor are going to have heavy ownership. He's going to score two touchdowns and break the slate at a cheap salary and no ownership. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what you're looking at. It's like Taylor or Pittman. 
Um, for cash, I think Pittman's a lock. And for cash, I think CMC is the lock over Taylor on DraftKings. Yeah. I mean, Pittman's going to be the highest owned receiver on the slate, right? I mean, he's going to pop yeah. in every projection model as the top value. On draft yeah, and sure. if, if Taylor wasn't, if Taylor also wasn't massively owned, he'd be, you know, leverage or whatever. But right. um, and on the Texan side, I mean, I don't know. Damian Pierce on FanDuel, a FanDuel take for you guys. My, my only concern with Pierce, man, and you know how freaking high I've been on him, is like Burkhead played a lot last year. Like, I think people forgot or just, like, tuned out on the Texans. But he played, like, 57 58% of the snaps. Um, I think there's a legit concern that Burkhead takes away a lot of Pierce's passing down work. And, I mean, this is not a game where I'm expecting the Texans to, like, you know, have positive game script. I think the Colts come out and smash yeah. him. But, I mean, Pierce I will, is too cheap. That's for sure. But I will say, Lovey just, like, loves this dude. Yeah. I mean, Pierce is, like, his boy. So, yeah. I think he may play a bit more than we all expect in terms of a split with Burkhead. Um, okay. But I'm still not sure this is a great – I mean, Shaq Leonard being out definitely helps. Um, but it's still not a game that I'm, like, excited to use Pierce on. Though I think – I don't think he's going to be as highly owned as we had all thought um, now with, like, Antonio Gibson becoming a value, Barkley – Harris are all fairly cheap. Pittman's so mispriced. Like, I don't think people really need him. So if you want to play him, you definitely don't have to be worried about, you know, him being like 30% owned or something. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, cold side though, I like, this is just total conjecture, but I think they should, they should, and probably want to open the season getting Matt Ryan going. Um, so that kind of makes me less excited about Taylor. I, I think, the pass catchers are guys I'd be more excited about. And then Alec Pierce, like I'm not even sure he did enough in the preseason to beat out Paris Campbell. So I don't know if People I would. People are hyping up Paris Campbell, including Jay Tribby. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Campbell's still the wide receiver too. I don't know if that holds the whole season. Um, but if I was going to do a Ryan double stack, it would be Campbell or Mo Ali Cox before I, before I played Pierce. Yeah. I was going to mention uh, Mo Ali um, in the preseason you know, it's 20 dropbacks, take it with a grain of salt, small sample size, yada, yada, yada. But Molly Cox ran a route on 15 of Ryan's 20 dropbacks in those two games. And that's like, that's a huge boost up for him. Uh, he was at like 40% route share last year, just like not even a part-time player. Like he was just basically a role player for them. If he's going to be a full-time guy, uh, I mean, he has a ton of touchdown upside and he's super cheap. Um, obviously you're probably not one-offing him, but if you, to your point, Johnny, if you're playing Ryan stacks, I think, I think he's a really good way to get weird. He's he's exceeded 110 receiving yards in 50% of his career games without Jack Doyle. But uh, uh, a more serious stat uh, is this is the tight end guru, Frank Reich. You know, his tight ends have ranked top five in team fantasy points in like every year of his career except for one. Uh, my question is Mo Alley versus Irv Smith versus Hayden Hurst. Do you have a lean there, Johnny? Um, is it just the over under for her? Because I, uh, I otherwise like Ali, I think it looks like Donald Parham might be out, so I may, I may like Everett more than both of them now. Yeah, we'll get to that game, but I like Everett quite a bit. I wrote him up as a top streamer and start set. Um, Parham hasn't practiced in like two weeks, so yeah, but yeah, I, I actually I do, I do like 
Mo Alley a good bit. I think his touchdown, especially on Fando, I think his touchdown equity is is much better than the rest of those guys. Yeah. Oh, this is a great matchup too. Yeah, Texans might have given up the most uh, touchdowns to tight ends last year. Something yeah. like that. Some start set. Yeah, I mean they were up there with the Eagles in terms of being one of the worst uh, tight end defenses for sure. Um, uh, all right, that's enough time on this game. Let's get to the afternoon slate here. Giants Titans. Uh, we'll be able to breeze through this game pretty quickly. I mean, for as game scripts go, this is like the King Henry uh, game script. Tennessee's five and a half. Points. Dude, this is a Burks game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the trail <laughs> number four wide receiver trail on Burks who can't beat out Kyle Phillips. By the way, our guy Brett was all over that. Brett Whitefield, like, I think somewhat jokingly on a call this summer was like, yeah, Kyle Phillips is, is going to beat out Trayvon Burks. And lo and behold, he, I think he Yeah, I don't think he was joking. I've seen his. his he was smiling as he was saying it. So maybe he, <laughs> he just, just knew he was right. He just yeah, knew he was right. right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, this is like the King Henry spot, man. I was fading this dude with an iron fist all year in fantasy, uh, especially in best ball. But I mean, he's going to come out and probably shove it down my throat. <laughs> Here, at least for week one, uh, in wins and his over the last three years, Henry's averaging 25 carries, 132.9 yards per game. And this Giants run defense was atrocious last year. Uh, they just lost Kayvon Thibodeau as well. Um, I think Henry's pretty much the only clear cut play in this game. Um, but Proctor, like, where are you at with Henry in, in terms of ownership? Because now I want to, I want to get on some Henry if he's going to be under on. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be all that owned. I think he probably comes in in sort of that average every week for Henry where he's not like a you know top-tier play where he comes in like 8 to 12% or something like that. I definitely I like Henry more than I like Jonathan Taylor this week um, just because I think he'll be less owned. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we saw him going. He was towards the end of the best ball season. He's going like, 10th overall when he started you know like fifth so i don't i don't think he's going to be as popular as sort of we we think he might be even with casual players johnny saquon yeah i think you know saquon's the one of the value running backs but I was never like as stoked on Saquon as as the rest of the fantasy community. I think the Giants are gonna fucking suck, so that really hurts. Um, Daniel Jones also doesn't has never thrown to Barkley as much as Eli did. I think people just like forgot about that. Um, we don't even know who's like playing wide receiver for them. I mean, he's a, he's a value, obviously, and he's a you know can rip off an 80 yard touchdown. That's what Barkley can do. But I think at like 25%, 20% ownership, I'm probably not playing him this week. Um, my, my, yes. my thing with Barkley, sorry, Scott, is like, no, okay. I, I'm 100% with you that this, they're, they're going to stink. Like they have no juice at receiver. They are, if, if Tony gets hurt again, <clears throat> they're fucked. Like, they, they have nothing at receiver. And Daniel Jones has never been a guy who's elevated talent at all. Um, I think Barkley's going to go over on. I think everybody's going to see that like 6,100 price tag and just go all in. Um, I, I don't think this is the spot for it. Um, but Scott, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, yeah. So I guess let's move to the wide receivers because there could be some value there. 
Uh, Wandell Robinson, all these were saying, is going to be the starting flat wide receiver. Titans were the worst defense against flat wide receivers last year. Peter King said he was the star of camp, et cetera, but he's a rookie, so Johnny hates him. He was uh, like five foot seven, dude. He's tiny, man. He, I, I yeah, love but, him too, but yeah. I think there's uh, a good chance Shepard plays this week too, by the way. And I was going to say, yeah, Shepard's, Shepard's back, who Dan Duggan predicted would lead the team in receptions. Galladay hopefully is on the bench, but he could be a starter given that contract. And then there's Kadarius Tony, who does appear mispriced. Uh, he's he's also playing for a new regime. He's playing out of position. He's playing out wide instead of the slot. But I mean, this guy was a freak whenever he you know was healthy and on the field. And by all accounts, he seems healthy. Yeah, he's also injury report too. I think I he's, like he's the only giant I really want to play, honestly. Yeah, I like the the Tony Henry pairing. Like if Henry rips the game open, I think Tony's got a shot. I'm not I'm not playing Wandale. Uh, I think he's going to catch ownership now that uh, Rondell Moore is out, and I'm just I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, t- actually, Tony wasn't even on the injury report this week. So I mean, the dude can get hurt in two snaps and hurt his hamstring, but for right now, he's as healthy as he's been all uh, all off season. Seemingly, we'll see, but. Um, on DraftKings, Barkley's probably going to be the highest on back, right? Probably McCaffrey and then Barkley. McCaffrey then Barkley? Okay. All right. uh, Packers-Vikings, real interesting game here, and it's even more interesting now that Alan Lazard is not going to play. He's uh, doubtful, but he hasn't practiced all week. I talked to Edwin uh, in our injury pod that we're doing every week uh, about a couple hours ago. He said there's a chance that Lazard might miss a couple weeks here. This This is could be an ankle injury. Uh, he was guessing that this is like a high, it could be like a high ankle thing. He got stepped on and rolled his ankle really bad. We'll see. But Lazard is not going to play this week. Uh, Robert Tunyon sounds like he has a chance to play. If he does play, it's going to be in like a really limited role. He's still coming off an ACL. He's 10 months removed from it or so. Um, if he does play, it's going to be in a limited role, probably red zone only, but thought I'd throw that out there. The bigger news for the Packers is their offensive line is seemingly healthy. Finally, David Bakhtiari is going to be back after missing basically the last two years. And they're going to get Elgin Jenkins back too, which is, which is huge. So, you know, no Lazard, but the Packers are trading an offer. Finally, a healthy offensive line for the first two, you know, first time in two years for Rogers. Um, Boys, there's a lot to talk through in this game. Uh, I'll get it started with the Packers side because I think it's probably the hardest to parse through. But, Johnny, I mean, Aaron Jones has just massive, massive upside, I think, in this spot. Um, you know, obviously has the huge splits without Devontae Adams. But now, especially with Lazard out, um, I think Jones just has a nuclear ceiling on DraftKings this week. Yeah. Man, I was so excited to – like, I wanted Lazard to play and – like be limited so I could play Watkins and Jones, but now Watkins is going to be popular. So probably not going to play a popular Sammy Watkins. We but, uh, Sammy Watkins is going to go nine, one twenty six and one. The next week he's going to pop his hamstring and that'll be it. <laughs> been talking about it for a month. Like I'm going to play Watkins week one when everyone else plays Lazard get, get my one week. But uh, yeah, I think if I'm playing Rogers, I'm my most popular pairing is going to be Aaron Jones. Yeah. I am sort of treating Jones as a receiver in my mind. Um, so that's what I'm going to, what I'm going to do for this one. And then, uh, I mean, I think Watkins is fine, uh, but I think he's going to be higher owned than you want someone like him to be. Um, and then I don't know, do we have, is Christian Watson going to play? He's been ramping up the whole last Okay. Yeah. 
not not on the not on the injury report. Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to touch Watson or Dobbs because I don't really know um, what their role is going to be. I think they might rotate a bit too. I mean, they like them both. Watson has barely practiced, but you know he was drafted ahead of Dobbs, even if everybody is more well, excited for Dobbs. I'm pretty sure Watson's like off the injury report. Like he's been practicing all week, so. Yeah, it looks like they just yeah they no designation, so he'll play. Yeah, so it makes yeah. it tough. So it'll be who's gonna play the slot, Scott? Cobb. Well, Cobb, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's a stat from the great Graham Barfield: the last four hey. meetings between the Vikings and Packers have gone over the total and combined for fifty nine point eight points scored. My question is, how popular is Justin Jefferson going to be? Because he looks like he could be one of the best plays of the slate. Uh, he's the third highest passing yardage prop of any quarterback. Uh, he's just ninth in salary. Justin Jefferson is the highest receiving yardage prop of any player on the slate. And then Adam Thielen said in a podcast this offseason how much he loves playing Green Bay. And it clearly shows he averages 20.9 DraftKings fantasy points per game over his last 10 games against Green Bay. And in the top 50% of those games, he averages 33.5 DraftKings fantasy points per game. Irv Smith is a little cheap. Dalvin Cook is going to supposedly be more involved in the passing game. But uh, I, I really like Kirk Cousins. I, I just love this game in general. And I think if the Vikings do what we think they're going to do with Kevin O'Connell, and that's pass way more, like – then passing more, bringing up the pace, like all of it, man. Because um, you know the Packers are going to try to play slow, but if the Vikings are, you know, threatening on every drive, um, man, this this game could go to the moon. But yeah, curious for your thoughts, Johnny, on the Vikings side here. Yeah, I like the Vikings. Um, a good. I like this game. Um, I like Rodgers. I like Kirk. Um, probably don't like them as much as some of the mobile quarterbacks, but I do like them a, a bit. And I think I, I like him because he's not mobile. I just think that strengthens. I like Rodgers because no one's going to play him. He's going to be two percent. Yeah, he he might start to catch ownership with with Watkins getting pumped, but and the stack is cheap. Yeah, even you could go double stack. And and we have to monitor what's going on with Alexander Madison. I know they said that they expect him to be back, but he's missed like three days, I think, with a a personal matter. They haven't really updated it. So if he ends up not being well. For the previous regime, we don't really know exactly what he's gonna, you know, his role is gonna be this year. But I think, yeah, but I, you know, you have to expect he's gonna play some. It definitely bumps Cook if he's just like flat out out. Yeah, I just pulled it. He doesn't have a designation, so I guess he's he's probably gonna play. Well, he doesn't have a designation, but he's not with the team currently. It's a personal matter. Uh, I'm seeing Ben Gosling. Star Tribune Friday saying the uh, Madison's going to be available. They said they expect him to be there. Okay. But it's like a weird, a weird thing. Expecting, yeah, I see it. Yeah. yeah. That is weird. No one's, no one's really said what the personal matter is. Um, okay. Yeah, it looks like he missed today and yesterday. So I don't know. Just something to keep in mind, like Sunday morning, you know, Madison's not here. Boost up uh, Dalvin Cook a little bit. Okay. Um, any love for Scott? Did you bring up Irv Smith? Because I mean, I think he's in that bucket of like the three or four punt ish tight ends that are, are really strong. I mean, he, 
uh, hurt his thumb in the preseason. Wasn't like a soft tissue or anything like that. He's been getting ramped up off the, uh, off his knee injury last year. Anyway, I think, I think Irv is like full go and God bless. They need him, man. Tyler Conklin's gone. They have no other tight ends behind him. So I, I think Irv is a candidate to be like 75, 80% route share to start the year, which is really strong. And he's what? 3,400. Um, I think Irv's a really, really strong player, especially in cousin stacks. Yep. Yeah, he'll probably be the most popular uh, cheap tight end, I think, too. And for good reason, he's a pretty, he's a really good play. Yeah. Um, all right, let's keep it going here, guys. Talk through. There's a bunch of really good games this afternoon window. Second one is Chiefs Cardinals. Uh, Chiefs are four, well, they're four point favorites. Now they're up to five, six in most spots. Over under is 53 and a half. Uh, we got to parse through what's going on with this Cardinals receiver room. Uh, there's now some like optimism that Zach Ertz is going to play, but he hasn't practiced in like five weeks in full. He's been dealing with this calf since like the first or second week of August, something like that. Uh, so if he does play, I, I got to imagine he's going to be a little limited. Uh, same with Rondell Moore. I mean, they're sending him in for an MRI. It sounds like Rondell Moore might miss the next like, three or four weeks. And Antoine Wesley is on IR. He hurt his hip in August. We haven't seen him at all. He's not going to play till week five. So like, Hollywood, man, is like set up so well, uh, especially in this game. We're expecting the Cardinals to have to chase. Um, Scott, I'll throw it over to you first because I know you're a Hollywood guy just like me. But, I mean, Hollywood is is a fantastic play here. I mean, on FanDuel, I think he's 6,800. Um, he's going to end up getting, I think, getting steamed 6,900. But he's a phenomenal play, man. Yeah, he's he's a cash lock. It's it's Pittman, Elijah, Hollywood. You can throw another wide receiver in the flex, maybe if you want. But yeah, he, he's the odds-on favorite to lead the league in targets this week. He uh, uh, this was Kyler Murray's boy in college, ahead of Ceedee Lamb. Literally, no one else is healthy. Um, I think, as gross as it sounds, like AJ Green is very in play for tournaments. He's not really a, a tremendous value, but no one's going to play him. And yeah, sure, he's 34 years old and cooked, but you know this is when you want to play 34-year-old players is week one before they start to break down. And I think whoever is in the slot is really interesting. My bet is it's my guy, Greg Dortch, because they had Andy Isabella playing outside this year. Both of them were amazing in preseason this year. Dortch was a preseason standout last year as well. Uh, but yeah, my bet is, is Greg Dortch. And like, I really don't see much of a drop off, uh, from Rondale Moore to Dortch. I think he just slides in that role and is equally as effective. Uh, I don't know how much upside is there, but, uh, definitely a, a great value. Unfortunately, the risk with us not knowing for sure who it is means he's, you know, you can't play him in cash and, and et cetera, but, uh, tight end. Yeah. If Ertz is healthy, you're not playing him. If he's out, you're not playing him. You're not playing Trey McBride. Um, and I guess those are all – I'm not playing James Conner. I think we'll get ownership, though. Those are all my thoughts. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm ready to say that Marquise Brown is a cash lock yet. I do think he's a pretty strong play, though. All four of those wide receivers are going to play because that's what the Cardinals do. So yep. it'll be Dorch, Isabella, Green, and – uh, Hollywood. And then I guess if, if Ertz plays, Ertz is a little interesting. I mean, Kyler did like him last year. Um, I don't think I could like, I don't think I could play Dorch or Isabella unless I'm playing Kyler teams. 
I do think Kyler teams are interesting to rotate those guys, but more likely I'm more likely to play Mahomes paired with um, Hollywood because I think if Hollywood does have a ceiling game, then we probably see a Mahomes eruption. The Cardinals whole team is beat up. They're missing one or two corners. Um, I think we uh, all know how Andy Reid does with multiple weeks to repair. I think we might just see Mahomes like explode and no one's really going to play him because as much as they should, because they don't know who to pair him with. You just pair him with Kelsey. I'm not messing with all these wide receiver rotations that they're going to have that, you know, I don't know why people were shocked to hear that they were going to rotate wide receivers as if, as if that's some surprise. Hey, you know what? People were taking Juju over Amon Ross St. Brown over uh, Deontay Johnson. I-, I was here for it, man. I'm so glad Juju got seen because I-, I just loaded up on everyone that wasn't Juju. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think Juju probably does lead them in targets, but, uh, you know, he's not, he's not worth a fourth round pick. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think you're right. I mean, Mahomes, Kelsey, then bring it back with, with Hollywood will be, will be popular, but it's, it's a strong play. Yeah. Uh, be careful. Cause PFF said that, you know, Kelsey's going to lose his job to Noah gray this year. Uh, Jody Forston too. Dude. Right, right, right. I forgot both of them. They're both promising young players. The overreaction theater in the Twitter streets these days is, uh, why take Kelsey in round one? You could have Jody Forston. In uh, right. <laughs> Yeah, it was just weird. No, um, Tyreek barely played in the preseason last year. Um, yeah. Andy Reid has changed his preseason philosophy over the last two or three years. Um, my my losses on playing Kansas City starters can can tell you that things have changed. And let me tell you something. I, I, I might be crazy, but 33-year-old Travis Kelsey, who's in the fifth year with Mahomes, might not need to play in the preseason. I don't know. That's just a, yeah. it's a wild and we've said repeatedly, Mahomes has said repeatedly, listen, it's a wide receiver by committee. We're going to have four wide receivers involved. We're going to spread the ball around, but yeah. the offense runs through Kelsey. Yeah. And Kelsey, I, you know, Johnny's the, the king of just grab the cheapest viable guy you can get, but I think there's value this week. And Mahomes is, what, 2,000 cheaper than he was week one last year. I looked at his numbers. He averages over his last 30 games exactly 3x his salary. He's hit 3x in at least 50% of his games over that span. Uh, he's just a nuts play. Um, I don't really like the wide receivers, to be honest. I, if this game is super chalky, and I think it's super chalky, I guess Connor or CEH is the leverage, but I'm not, I'm not really on that. I, I'm trying I was to bring up Connor just simply because, like, what if he is the bell count? And they play in yeah. the game script, and he gets six, seven, eight targets. Like, no one's going to play him because he's what, 7K? I mean, all of our favorite value backs are, you know, the 6K range. I mean, he's, he's even more expensive than Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift. So I think people are going to be off Connor, but yeah. it's gross, but there's definitely leverage there. Yeah, I think Connor's okay. He's going to be a bell cow. I mean, yeah. The, the thing that you, the thing that hurts Connor, at least in the first half of the season, while Kyler's still healthy is that Kyler is going to run more inside the red zone. Um, Connor really benefited from Kyler dealing with the injury last year where they were just like jamming him up the middle, you know, when they would get inside the five. So that's just something to keep in mind with him. And then I, like, I think this game will be popular, but I'm not sure it will be as pop. Rondale Moore was going to be like a thousand percent owned. 
Yeah. So we'll see where it sort of the dust settles once we figure out, you know, who who people even want to play. Yeah. Um, I got to know Jake Tribby had a great stat on Kyler. We haven't talked enough about Kyler here, but um, he tweeted out in the 10 games that Kyler has played with the total over 52, this over under is like 53 and a half. But in this 10 games that he's played in the total over 52, he's averaged 28.2 DraftKings points per games and 27 and a half FanDuel uh, fan points per game. His worst game in that sample is 20.3. Um, I, I mean, I know we just went through all the receiver injuries and stuff, but like Kyler carries nuclear upside. Um, and Johnny, who's going to be, who do you think is going to be more popular, Mahomes or Kyler? I feel like neither of them are going to be as popular as they, as they should be. Um, you think Hertz will just carry the most of it? He's definitely going to be way highest owned. Um, I think Kyler was going to be a lot higher owned than he will be because people were going to just play Kyler, Rondale, and Hollywood. But now I don't think people are going to be as excited to do that. It was going to be like Rondale, Hollywood, um, Kelsey, and, you know, Kyler stacks. But So I okay. earlier in the week, I was thinking Kyler might be just as strong of a cash quarterback as uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, losing Rondale probably hurts, but he's, he's never really had great – receivers to begin with and you know Ertz's his uh, injury isn't great either but if you look at his numbers like he destroys early in the season over the past two years the first his first three games he averages like 35 fantasy points per game and then week eight he'll get hurt and he'll be a different player but like prior to those injuries he's averaging nearly 30 DraftKings fantasy points per game and this is like the perfect smash matchup yeah. um and so I, I'm not really going to write him up probably just because he's going to be so chalky, but I mean, like he's just an awesome play. So I guess the question is how chalky does he become? Dude, I think you should definitely write him up. I think he's an awesome, awesome play. Like yep. think right. of it, think of it this way. Like, okay, the chiefs come out and get up to a 10 point lead. Like we want Kyler dropping back 45, 50 times so he can scramble. Like, if this game goes off, I mean, this is the two, this is by far the fastest game in combined pace and plays on this slate. Uh, Bucks Cowboys is actually a little faster, but on this slate, I mean, this is, this is the game. So if Kyler's trailing and they end up having to run 70, 80 plays, like he's the nuts. Like I think he's, he's a phenomenal play. And I hope people play less of them because of all the receiver injuries. So. Um, Good call. Any, Anything else from this game? Did we talk through Clyde? I don't even know if he's really in play, but he's I think, Yeah, I think he's fine. I think uh you know if you it it would be interesting to do like uh Chiefs defense with Clyde if you know with how beat up the Cardinals are. They've had some Kyler's had some future games, like he's got it in him. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll polish it off here. Last game, week one, guys. Raiders Chargers. Chargers are oh, can we, can we carve out, like, I don't know if we're late, uh, running the risk of going over time, so maybe Ben can chime in and chat. But yeah, we I'd are. Like to to do a, all right, never mind. Yeah, we're about – we got 15 minutes, and we're also free this week, so. Uh, oh, right, right. Uh, it's all good, though. Good thought. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll bring back the lineup build uh, uh, behind the paywall next week. But uh, Raiders-Chargers, last game. Chargers three-and-a-half-point favorites. Overrunners 52. Uh, only injury note I have in this game is J.C. Jackson is not going to play for the Chargers. 
uh, which is a little bit of a buzzkill for their defense. It's like completely revamped. They got Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day. Uh, they added Kyle Van Noy. This, this defense is going to be much, much better this year, guys. Uh, but no J.C. Jackson, a little bit of a help for Adams and, and Renfro and all the, the Raiders pass catchers. Um, I mean, listen, you guys know what the Chargers are. I mean, they're top five in pace, top 12 in pass rate. Like, they're going to come out here and chuck it. I, I think there's a, there's a theory out there. And, Scott, you've kind of talked about this, too. I don't think you and I have talked about this. But, like, Eckler has been saying, like, I want less on my plate. And what if less on his plate means just more passing? Like, what if they just chuck it and Josh Palmer becomes a full-time player? They just go 11 personnel and throw it like 75% of the time. Like, I think that's definitely within the range of outcomes here for these Chargers. But uh, this is a fun game, man. Really fun game. Uh, Scott, I don't know if you want to get us started, but uh, where are you at with this game? And uh, Yeah, so it's, it's going to be massively chalky. Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote that up in 96 stats talking about how Eckler has said repeatedly, Tom Telesco has said repeatedly, they want to reduce his workload. And as soon as I hit submit, I immediately regretted how I framed it. But uh, yeah, I just have a hard time imagining they're going to take anything off of his plate, given how shitty all of the running backs are. And then a source reached out to me a couple of days ago saying, Sonny Michelle looks like utter ass. And he's still probably the second best running back. They're not taking anything off of his plate. Uh, yeah. I think Justin Herbert is an amazing play and a great matchup. I think the number one stack with him is Austin Eckler. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to play the wide receivers. I would want to play. I think that's optimal and I think it's unique. Uh, and I think your boy Josh Palmer is another like pretty good uh, low-owned GPP play, especially in these stacks. Um, and I think if you want to fade this game, which again, should be very chalky, uh, Josh Jacobs as like a slightly rich man's Garrett blunt makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't have any other takes, but, but Johnny's take on Gerald Everett makes sense to me. Yeah. I think, you know, Jacobs is going to get 18 plus touches. No one's going to play him. I don't know how one touchdowns like that's possible. You, you're not at all concerned that like they're going to play Abdullah in the passing down rule. Yeah, so. they will, but they, I mean, they've always rotated in these guys. It was, uh, who was that dude with the Raiders for like two years that would, that would get all the passing work. Um, I don't remember his name before Drake. Drake? Oh. No, nah, the dude before him. Oh, uh, I know he was like a, like a little bit of a dino favorite, but he wasn't really anything. Yeah. I mean, they've always had those guys. Right. But Jacobs is still going to catch balls on early downs. Um, he's a guy, though, that I, I probably like more in, in season Galen Rashard. Yeah, uh, Rashard. Yeah. Ben beat me to it. We yeah, ben, ben, yeah. Ben's are all over it there. Yeah, so, you know, I think I think Abdullah will probably have, a you know, a little more of a role than, than Rashard had. But, you know, that guy was always there. And I don't think Zamir White really even exists yet. Um, he sucks, so, Zamir White sucks. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, they tried to get a guy who could, who could do everything and he doesn't really do anything real exciting, but um, Jacobs is a guy I definitely like more in, in best ball, I think, than, than in, uh, you know, week to week, but there's going to be weeks where he's going to score two rushing touchdowns and, you know, you're going to want him. He's to like win a Henry league. type where if they're heavily favored, he's a great underrated yeah. DFS yep. He's going to be just like Damian Harris was last year. You know, Harris, I believe, won the Millie three times, but there are other weeks where he'd score like four fantasy points. So just to keep that in mind. I do like this game, though. I think uh, I think Carr is interesting. I think Herbert is interesting. I think uh, I think the Raiders are going to be way better than, than people realize. Yep. Um, 
I mean, they have real weapons. Um, they have a real coach. And I think they're, uh, I think McDaniels is, is like ready to do this this time around. So I think, um, I think I trust him to have a good team. You know, we see him leave the Patriots and they're like in shambles now. So I, uh, I do like this, but if I'm, if I'm stacking Herbert, I gotta, I gotta disagree with you, Scott Eckler, Eckler likes to score those rushing touchdowns and uh, they love to, they love to give him the ball at the goal line. I, I like in my head, I, I think of Eckler as a stack with Herbert. But I think the numbers show that he, um, when he has his huge games, Herbert doesn't. Um, I think they could both have huge games with like Eckler scoring on the ground and it, it's still being plus EV, EV where they're, you know, moving the chains, yeah. uh, sustained I, drives, red zone drives. Being negatively correlated in a game where it's like the Chargers just completely rent somebody. But this game, I mean, I'm with you. I think the Raiders keep it close. Like, I, they could win this game. Sure. I think the problem is what they cost. You know, you're paying 8,500 for Eckler and 7,600 for Herbert. That's fair. Um, my favorite, my favorite stack with Herbert will always be Mike Williams when he has those huge games. Um, Herbert has those huge games. I think the the two weeks that Herbert won the Millie were the like Williams two touchdown games, and he had that uh, yeah the Raiders game where he went nine for one twenty one, and he was like three percent owned it was like we we were playing him every week like he's gonna come back he's gonna come back and then like he finally did it um so i think this is the the week to play him you know yeah. before yeah and just looking through projected ownership i think right now we'll see what it looks like over this weekend but i think chiefs cardinals looks chalkier than this game uh, i want to mention hunter renfro 5800 on dk He's their Julian Edelman now, guys. He's going to have to play in 12, uh, 12 personnel, two tight end sets. They're not going to play Matt Collins in that role. Um, you know, I get it. Chargers are really tough against the slot, but I, I think Renfro, when they go into 12, um, he's going to play a ton. Uh, don't forget about him in your game stacks because, I mean, he could easily go out there and go eight for 90. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure Darren Waller is like a full-time player yet. I mean, he missed the entire install. Yeah. Bro, he, bro, he literally practiced like five times, I think, in August. Like yep. there's, there's something up with water. Well, he wants a new contract and McDaniels wasn't really entertaining it. So he just like dips at. Yeah. I think that was some of the, I think he was hurt too. Like legit hurt. Um, anyway, guys, week one, let's go. Uh, great show. Uh, I got to uh, say here, this is the only week this season we're going to be free. So if you guys liked what you heard, what you learned this week, make sure you subscribe to fantasypoints.com. You want to use code Barfield22. Not Barrett 22. Listen, Barfield 22. It's the same amount of percentage off. You get 10% off, but we know who your favorite bar is. Barfield 22, get yourself 10% off premium package. This will be behind the paywall for the rest of the season. If you guys could do us a favor, hit the like button. It really helps in the YouTube algorithm uh, to get more people watching the show. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, you need to you need to save up some good looks. So, for Scott, for Johnny, for Ben behind the glass, I'm Graham. We'll catch you guys next week for Cashing Points Week 2.